Hey everybody, this is the Bethel School District Presents Podcast. I'm your host, Doug. That's Connor. He's the co-host here. Uh, uh, Doug, let me stop you there. I hate to nitpick at the start of the show, but I always kind of thought that I was the host and you were my co-host. Well, then why was I the one starting the show off? Because you literally ripped the microphone from my hand. It's bruised. I might have to go see the nurse. (laughs) Well, on your way, maybe you can hitch a ride with one of our fantastic school bus drivers. We're talking transportation today. Connor, let's kick things off talking about our very first modes of transportation. What was your very first car? My very first car was, of course, a hand-me-down. It was a 1996 pink Ford Festiva. We called it the Pink Pig. It was what the kids now would call a hoopty, but it got me where I needed to go, and I'm thankful to my dad and stepmom for giving it to me. What about you, Doug? What were you burning rubber in as a teenager in Virginia? It's going to be hard to beat a, sounds like a Mary Kay car, but I guess I'll give it a try. I learned to drive, and my first car was my grandparents' 1981 Ford Fairmont station wagon. If you're having trouble picturing it, just think of the country squire from National Lampoon's Vacation, except mine was blue and didn't have the wood paneling, which was kind of a bummer. Sounds like an absolute beast on the road, Doug. I posed the same question to our director of transportation, Joel Stutheit. Here's what he had to say. Well, my first set of wheels was my green Schwinn 10-speed. That got me around until I got my first car, which was a Buick Skyhawk. It was teal green with white interior. It was a hatchback. So if you are a, a Chevy fan, that's the same as like a Chevy Monza. That sounds like a beaut. What about the route you took to become the transportation director? I heard it was a bit of a long and windy road. Well, first of all, I didn't come to education until later on in my career. I started with grocery retail. I I didn't come part of education until I was about 30. From there, you know, really my first dream was to be a uh, paid firefighter. I was a resident firefighter for four years, loved it, tried to, you know, get on with fire departments and in the area. And it was very difficult at the time. So I, in the meantime, I was also going to school to become a substitute teacher. I thought that would be ideal. Work, you know, as a firefighter and be in schools and interact with kids at that time, you know, on my days off. So since firefighting didn't pan out, I continued my career um, as a teacher. What I did is I was a substitute teacher for a couple of years, and then I was hired with the Bethel School District as a teacher at the old Spanaway Junior High where I taught math and science to those kids. Then I continued my career with Bethel as an administrator. I worked at Bethel Junior High as an assistant principal and Cougar Mountain Junior High. And then I was asked to come to transportation 18 years ago, which is hard to believe. Never thought I was gonna stay in transportation when I first came, found that I loved it. And then I just stayed with Bethel and then I took this role as director Uh, I'm starting my third year now. You know, you've been in education a long time. You've been in transportation for almost two decades now. So you know what an important job bus drivers have, where they're the first people that students see every morning. They're the last ones they see during the day. In your opinion, what makes a good bus driver? Well, first of all, a bus driver has to like kids. That is the number one thing. What I believe makes a good bus driver is, one, they like kids. Two, they want to build relationships and be able to work with those kids and, and help them. And, and, you know, because they're the first people they see in the morning and the last person they see in the afternoon before they go home. So they have a very important role in these kids' lives, you know, 
to start the school day and end the school day. It is a vitally important role, and it's a role that we're always trying to fill. I'm sure anyone who's driven around town has seen the billboards up that we're hiring bus drivers. If they follow us on Facebook, they see. Why is it that we're having such a tough time finding bus drivers? Well, I have talked to directors nationally, and they are seeing the same problems and the same shortages that we have. You know, I think people don't wake up today or any day and say, I want to become a bus driver. When kids graduate from high school, we ask them to look at careers and and job opportunities. And bus drivers aren't at the top of the list. You know, they want to become a doctor, a teacher, a firefighter. So these jobs, we have to convince people that they can come and do these jobs. And there's a lot of training that goes into them. And I think one of the struggles that people see or they think they can't drive that big yellow 40-foot school bus. And the great news is we try to convince them that they can do it. We provide the training for them to do it, and we give them the confidence to be able to do it. And then we also train them how to work with kids. And, and you know, there's a lot of different opportunities that we offer them. So, so let's take some time. We've got some ears listening right now. Let's take some time to entice some potential new drivers to apply right now. What would kind of be your sales pitch? What's, uh, why is Bethel such a great place to work? Well, I've been working at Bethel for 24 years. You know, I live in the community. I'm part of the community. I've seen a lot of growth happen where bonds and levies weren't passed and schools were run down. You know, we don't see that now. We see bonds and levies passing. We see schools being built. We have see schools being upgraded. And, you know, in fact, our tr- current transportation facility is only seven years old. It's a beautiful facility. You know, it, it's a state of the art. We have people coming and viewing it all the time that want to get our ideas on how this building works. You know, that's just the start. I look at the opportunities that Bethel offers our employees and the benefits and the pay. You know, th- those are all good pieces of it. And, you know, as a bus driver, you do not work weekends, you do not work holidays, you know, you have summers off. That's all choice if you want to do those things. There's other opportunities for people to be able to work those if they want from time to time, but it's a great place to be able to do that. You know, we look at our training program. We have a state-of-the-art training program. We take the time to get you your license. We take the time to help you be successful as a driver, and we give full support to our drivers out on the road, you know, and with those trainings they're paid. You sit through that training class. That's $6,000 worth of training that you would have to put out of your own pocket if you were to go get your CDL. We pay you to get your CDL and pay for your training. So that those are some big benefits. The bottom line is it's a tough job, but it's a fulfilling job and there's a lot of upside to it. So if you're interested, check out jobs at BethelSD.org and learn more about it. And earlier you mentioned this, and I'm really glad you did, that this shortage of bus drivers is not a Bethel problem. It's not even a Pierce County problem. It's not a Washington problem. It's a national problem. But because of that lack of drivers that we're experiencing now, we actually had to expand our walking boundaries this year. Can you tell us a little bit about that process and how it came to be? Well, first of all, it is a very tough process. We know that kids are safest on buses, not walking down the road, especially in Bethel. We don't have a lot of sidewalks. So, you know, that decision is not easily made. The way we start the process, we have actually a routing software that we can identify how far a student would be able to walk. So then what we do is myself and my other administrators go out and look at these situations and then determine 
if it's going to be okay to walk. You know, we walk these routes. Things that we look at when we do that. First of all, is there a safe path for students to walk to school on the main roads or to get to school? Because our schools are on some main roads. You know, we're not talking neighborhoods. We're talking main roads. So are there hazards that we have to overcome? Do we need to put crosswalks in? Do we need to ask for crossing guards? That's some of the process in regards to that. And then we also look at the age of students that are walking in those. So we, there's some variables with that. How busy are the roads? There, there's many things that we consider when we are looking at that walk boundary. We also created maps that are on the district website that identify the walk boundaries and the safe walk paths. So a parent can go there to refer to that. There's also some information about safe walking. And I know that the schools, the, at least the elementary schools, are really working with their families to really help them understand what needs to be done. And I think that'll help put a lot of people at ease knowing that, of course, student safety is always going to be our number one priority and we're never going to do anything that's going to put students in danger. And so parents should know that if, if their student is now walking to school, it's because they are in a safe zone to walk to school. So going back a little bit to our shortage in bus drivers, our drivers start part-time and then move on to full-time. And I wonder if that's a barrier to entry for some people. Can you talk a little bit about the part-time process? Are they working 40 hours? Is it actually part-time? Well, you hear the term substitutes. They come in and go, and like a teacher, there's there's a shortage of teachers also, um, but they get to they get to pick and choose, you know, when they come and go. We actually have our subs come in every day because we have work every day. They come in 5:30 in the morning. We're gonna put them on the route that morning, and if there's no routes to be driven at that point, they actually get a two-hour standby where they get paid for that. But I've yet really to see our drivers sitting around and not being utilized. They're on the road every day. The substitutes are getting 35 to 40 hours a week. There is plenty of work out there for our substitutes. And, you know, our drivers are, not only substitute drivers are working extra, our regular drivers are covering other routes when people are not here. So we have a desperate need to fulfill those positions as substitutes because we want to make sure that our drivers are safe also and be able to work with kids. So don't let that substitute title fool you. If you want a lot of hours, you're gonna get a lot of hours here. So circling way back to the start, we talked about our first car. Let's move on to our dream car. It sounds like your first car was a bit of a dream car, but what's your dream car now as an adult? Well, I like that mid 50s, you know, 53, 54, 55, 56 Ford pickup. It doesn't have to be bright and shiny. I like a little patina on it. I'd like to make it like a daily driver. Or my other option is 68 to 74 Ford Bronco. That's kind of the cat's meow also for me. I'd love to have either one of those. I would not turn either one down if somebody would like to give me one. What about you, Connor? What is your dream car? So I've, I've never really been a car guy per se, but I do remember watching as a kid Ferris Bueller's Day Off and they have that sweet 1961 Ferrari 
And uh, I always thought, wow, if I could ever have a car like that, that would be pretty awesome. I don't know that I would even fit in that car these days, but it's a beauty. So, so I'll put for as far as dream cars go, I'll go with that one. And uh, Joel, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. It was really informative and love hearing about all these cool things we got going on in the district. Thank you, Connor, for the opportunity to be able to share about myself and the district. Great conversation, really nice to learn a little bit more about Joel, where he's been, where that department's going, and all the things they're doing to keep our kids safe and getting them to school on time each day. And Connor, I do love your dream car, love Ferris Bueller, great movie, and that car is so choice. Do you want to hear what my dream car is? Nah. <laughs> Too bad, I'm going to tell you anyway. Ever since I was a little kid, to this very day, my dream car has always been the same. It's the Knight Industries 2000, better known as Kit. That's right, it's the talking car from Knight Rider. So in your mind, does this make you David Hasselhoff? They love me in Germany. Michael, I'm getting some unusual readings. That's it for us, everybody. See you next week.